You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Welcome, welcome in to another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from beautiful Orlando, Florida. Thanks for listening today. I'm thankful to everyone who has been supporting the podcast. It's been really, really cool. Also, a big thanks to everyone that has left a review uh, over on iTunes. Man, we've had a bunch of five-star reviews, and those reviews help the podcast out a ton. Uh, If you are a regular listener and have not had a chance to leave a review, I want to highly encourage you and ask you if you could go over to iTunes, leave a review, let the world know how much you love the podcast. Uh, That would be a big, big help. Uh, also, want to welcome everyone who's new to the podcast. Maybe you found the podcast on Facebook or on Twitter. Maybe you're on the website right now. Maybe you're at theologyfortherestofus.com. You should see a little link that says subscribe by iTunes or subscribe on Android. Uh, if you could do me a huge favor, click on whichever of those you know applies to you, and that'll take you over to the page where you can subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe is a really big deal uh, because it guarantees you get every single episode delivered directly to your device. So, Uh, You can subscribe. You never miss an episode. That way you don't have to go back and check and see, is there a new episode or not? It comes right to you. And also those subscriptions help us out a ton in reaching more people. So do me a huge favor and subscribe. All right, let's dive into today's topic. The question is, what is discipleship? And before we can really understand what is discipleship, we have to understand what is a disciple. Because discipleship is simply the process of making disciples. Like If you want to participate in discipleship, All you're really doing is building relationships with people and helping them become disciples. So let's kind of unpack the word disciple for a moment. The word disciple comes from the the first century BC Jewish rabbinical system, uh, where basically you had these these, scholars, they were kind of the the preachers of their day, they were the, the religious leaders of their day. Um, somewhere around, you know, about 100 to 150 years before Jesus is born, we see this Jewish system developing where you have these rabbi schools, basically these kind of the religious schools and um, young men in their culture would go to these schools at a very young age and they would learn a basic arithmetic and they'd learn some other, uh, you know, reading and writing and literacy. But the bulk of their time was focused on learning the, the old Jewish scriptures. They would typically memorize the, the first five books of the of what we call today the Old Testament, the first five books of the Bible, which is amazing. You think about like, think about a kid who's like in elementary school, like in that culture, by that point, you know, the seventh, or second or, or third grade, they had memorized the first five books of the Bible, like completely, which is unbelievably awesome, right? When you consider that. And so I think there's really no excuse for any of us to not memorize scripture when we consider that. But um, anyway, that's a different topic for a different episode, uh, a different day. So basically, these guys would go to the school, they would memorize the scriptures, and then they would have dialogue about theology and, and, and kind of the, the, his, the history of the Jewish people. And whoever kind of were the, the sharpest and smartest guys, the young men, the young boys, they would get promoted. And the ones that weren't as smart, not as good at school, they basically go home to their parents and they would, you know, learn their dad's trade and work in the family business or whatever. But the ones that were kind of smarter and better, they would stay in school for multiple years, learn more. And and typically by the time they were, you know, kind of 12 or 13 years old, they would have memorized the entire Old Testament in most cases. And then what happens, you know, they get to be the, you know, 12 or 13 year old age, somewhere around that range. And it begins, you know, they kind of get, there's kind of a draft, so to speak. And 
all of the current rabbis look at kind of the new crop of young men that are being raised up. And what they begin to do is look at them and kind of determine which ones they think um, could eventually be good rabbis themselves one day. And that was sort of the goal. And so rabbis would go to these young men and say, come be my disciple. I mean, come be one of my followers. Hang out with me. Follow me. Listen to my way of doing things. And, and listen to the way I talk about how people should relate to God. And, and kind of take on my legacy, take on my theology, and then teach that to people. So basically, when a rabbi was looking at a young man and asking him to be his disciple, he was asking him to be to kind of become a preacher the way I preach. You see, among the rabbis, there was all different opinions. There was a lot of discrepancy and kind of theological opinion as to what's the best way to get to God or or how do we approach God or what you know what do we believe about the character and nature of God and all these types of things and how should we you know correspond with the Romans and how should we correspond with Gentiles every, every rabbi had a different belief about different things and so basically the rabbis would try to try to recruit the disciples to follow them and if you were a really great, really smart young man with great potential, you typically would probably have several rabbis trying to recruit you. But in some cases, the, this, you know, the guys, the young men maybe had reached that point, but they wouldn't have a rabbi invite them to be a disciple. And so then they would go home, you know, back with their dad and their family, and they'd go learn the family business. And th this is why it's such a big deal when Jesus shows up on the scene and he sees Peter and John fishing and he calls them, he says, listen, come follow me. This is why they dropped everything. Because in that culture, there was nothing more important than becoming a rabbi. Like That was the highest esteemed and most honored position you could ever have. And so if, if a rabbi came up to you and said, hey, I want you to be my disciple, follow me. He basically was saying, I think you've got the potential to be a rabbi one day. I want you to follow me and be a rabbi with my views. And when you become a rabbi, teach my theology and teach my way of doing things. This was a really big deal. This was a great honor. You see, Peter and John were fishing, which means they had gone through the rabbi system, but at some point they were rejected, right? Because if they hadn't been rejected, they would be disciples somewhere else. And so when Jesus shows up and says, listen, be my disciples, they were, they were being fishermen. They were, they were in their family trade. And this is why it was a big deal for them to go, listen, like Jesus was a rabbi in the system and a rabbi believes I have a chance to be a rabbi and he's asking me to follow him. Well, this was an honor. Of course, they would drop everything that they were doing and completely revolutionize their lives and turn everything upside down to go follow a rabbi. This was a really big, big deal. And when Jesus was calling them saying, be my disciples, he was telling them, I believe you can be like me. I believe that you can take the torch that I am carrying and that you could take my legacy and my mantle and that you could run with it. So these rabbis would then travel around. They'd go to different synagogues and different you know, religious establishments. And they would preach or they would draw a crowd together and say, listen, let me tell you what I believe about God. This was pretty normal in the first century. So Jesus was a rabbi in this system. Like sometimes we think that Jesus came to buck the system. He actually didn't. He kind of followed the framework of the system of the first century Jewish culture in which he lived. And he, that was the platform he used to preach the gospel that he was bringing. So first century rabbis would travel around and they would gather crowds and they'd preach and teach and they would have their disciples. And eventually... Of those rabbis would would either you know die, pass away, or, or they would retire or, or whatever, and and his his disciples would then become rabbis themselves. Typically, when they entered into their thirties, they would become a rabbi, and that they themselves would go and recruit disciples to follow them and kind of you know to to take on their way of doing things. And every rabbi had different beliefs and different understandings of the scripture, and the hope was 
that you would mentor these young men so well, that you would spend your life investing in them and teaching them so well that when you were gone or when you were done preaching, that they could take up the mantle of what you had started. They could take your legacy and your teachings and continue it on into the next generation. And the reality is if, if you were not really good at mentoring those young men and training them, training them up in your way of doing things, then your way of doing things would probably die within a generation because there'd be no one to carry it on. And so ultimately, that is what discipleship is, intentionally spending time with people, living life with people, mentoring people, raising them up, giving them the legacy that you know to be true, teaching them the truth that you know so that they can carry it on beyond you, beyond your platform, beyond your city, beyond your lifetime. And so in Matthew 28, when Jesus says, go into all the world and make disciples, he's saying, listen, I want you to go everywhere. You're my disciples. I've trained you up. I've spent time with you, but I want you to go out now and make other disciples. But in this case, we're not trying to become the rabbi and get people to be like us. We're always disciples and we're trying to go out and get people to become like Jesus. Like he's the ultimate rabbi. He's our teacher. He's the one we follow. And in our lives, we should be doing whatever it takes to love people and, and, and to share the good news that they can be disciples. That maybe the world has rejected them, just like the, some of, of Jesus' disciples were rejected by the rabbis of their day. But Jesus says, I believe in you. I have confidence in you. And I think you can be like me. I think you can live like me. And when Jesus says, listen, go into all the world and make disciples, he's telling us, go into all the world and befriend people. Have good quality friendships and teach people that my way of living is the best way of living. Teach people that, that Jesus' way of thinking is the right way of thinking. Teach people that his view on the world is accurate. Teach people that Jesus' way to God is the only and best way to God. And the reality is discipleship is not just for pastors and preachers and clergy. No, it's for all of us. See, all of us are called to be disciples of Jesus, to follow him, to learn from him, and to seek to be just like him. And all of us are called to be disciple makers. We go and we find other people who are maybe not disciples and we help them become disciples. We sit down with them at coffee shops and we teach them the Bible or we just have great friendships, right? We just go out and we have fun and we model for them what it's like to actually love and follow Jesus. You see, a disciple uh, would spend a lot of time with the rabbi and it wasn't just the rabbi's teaching that they would you know, learn from, but it was his lifestyle, everything about him. They would, they would absorb all of it. And that is the process of discipleship. It's intentional friendships, intentional relationships with the hope that people will absorb from us the Jesus, the lessons we've learned from Christ, and that those people will become better disciples. Again, all of us are called to be disciples and all of us, every single one of us are called to make disciples. You see, so often the term discipleship gets relegated to a, a, a Sunday school class or some training session we do at church, but discipleship is so much bigger than that. Discipleship is the process of becoming a greater disciple of Jesus and the process of helping others become a greater disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening to this episode. I hope it's been helpful and insightful for you. If you'd like to connect with me, the best way to do that is actually on Twitter. You can find me at Kenneth Ortiz. That's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z, at Kenneth Ortiz. If you have a question or a topic that you'd like to have answered on the podcast, please shoot us an email. Hey Ortiz at TheologyForTheRestOfUs.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at 
TheologyForTheRestOfUs.com. Our intro and outro theme music for this episode has been Up Shipping Up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm a star!